Welcome to the Compliance Plus Ethics Equals Integrity podcast, featuring Barry Dunn healthcare professionals and expert guests discussing their insights into contemporary as well as perennial healthcare regulatory, revenue integrity, general compliance, and risk management topics. My name is Robin Hoffman. I'm a Senior Compliance and Credentialing Manager at Barry Dunn, and I'm very pleased to be joined by my colleagues, Senior Manager Olga Gross-Balzano and Manager Nicola Church. The title of our podcast is Medicare's Skilled Nursing Five Claim Probe and Educate Review. This podcast will be of particular interest to you if you own, operate, or manage a skilled nursing facility or a hospital swing bed unit. But before we get into our discussion, a quick disclaimer. The content we discuss in this podcast is based on our professional experience advising healthcare providers, facilities, and other organizations engaging Barry Dunn for compliance and other services. While we may reference specific government programs, Medicare and Medicaid policies, and regulatory guidance, we do not speak for any government agency or contractor, nor do we have the authority to do so. Nothing in this podcast should be considered legal advice. Anyone seeking legal advice on the subjects we discuss should consult their own attorney. So here we go. Olga, can you inform our listeners about the intent of Medicare's five claim target probe and educate process? Gladly, Robin. Thank you for asking. So CMS um, designed this program to uh, help senior living facilities, skilled nursing, to better understand billing under the patient-driven payment model, also known as PDPM. Skilled nursing facilities that have errors identified in the review will be offered some education to help them avoid future claim denials and adjustments. Interestingly, um, Medicare administrative contractors will select five claim sample from each skilled nursing facility for a prepayment review. Please note that providers can always request that it is a post-payment review if um, delay in claim processing can create hardship, financial hardship for provider. What we know is that MACs or Medicare administrative contractors uh, are starting with the top 20% of providers that show the highest risk based on the data that MACs have been accumulating from the claims. And we know that selected claims are limited uh, to skilled nursing facility billing services after October 1st of 2019, which is, as you know, the date when PDPM reimbursement model started. Um, We understand that claims that contain COVID-19 diagnosis should be excluded when at all possible. So that, in a nutshell, is the MAC process for this uh, program. Thanks, Olga, for that comprehensive discussion. I'm wondering, Nicola, if based on your experience, what have you seen as being some of the major reasons for a SNF's claims to be denied? 
Well, some of the major reasons I've seen have been for due to missing documentation, um, documentation and support services and medical necessity. Also, um, missing physician and non-physician practitioners progress notes. Those are some things I've noticed. What about you, Olga? What I see is actually providers not realizing that this program is taking place. And due to staff turnover and access to communications, which I'm, we should talk about later, um, but providers not being aware that they needed to provide records for review and completely missing deadlines and uh, getting <laughs> no support information provided to Max. Excellent. Thank you. And, you know, this seems to be a recurring theme, Olga, I would say, in a lot of our podcasts where there has been such a tremendous turnover in staffing in healthcare organizations. Plus, we also have organizations where perhaps some of the staff are working on a uh, partial remote sort of basis. So you may have folks who are not physically in the facility. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit, expound a little bit, Olga, on how a Medicare administrative contractor would notify a SNF or a hospital swing bed that it's been selected for the five claim uh, probe and educate cycle. To whom would this type of communication be sent? And I guess the real world bottom line question for me is, does this type of communication ever get lost during transmission? Oh, absolutely. We try to educate providers on electronic access to um, Medicare administrative contract portals. And we do have a number of MACs now, and their communication preferences may vary. So there's no one-size-fits-all um response to that. So our advice to providers is to understand how your MAC communicates with you on any medical record requests. Do they send you a letter in addition to portal communications? Or did your organization choose to have electronic communications through the portal only? So, um, of course, as always, the best rule is to periodically check access. Um, your Medicare biller should have access. Probably your compliance officer, uh, administrator of the facility. And probably if you have central office, somebody at central office may need to have access. Um, and that in, in that case, if somebody leaves or is on vacation or leave of absence, that somebody else is a backup for receiving those communications. Again, some MACs do not send any snail mail at all, and everything is electronic, um, which is, you know, it's very convenient for submission of information. But if you don't know that uh, you have electronic communications go into your spam folder and you're not looking at them, you may miss those very important notifications. Yeah, that's a critical point. And I wanted to make sure that our listeners know that when we post our podcast on Barry Dunn's website, we will also be providing some links to some very important information, including the Mac website, secure internet portals, and electronic mailing list, which I think will be really helpful to folks. So Olga, say that 
I get this communication. I've received it. How long would my SNF have to respond to the max request? And how should those claims be submitted? So in the communications provided by MAC, that letter, whether it is electronic or um, hard copy that you receive, um, MAC would provide all the information on how and when to submit your records. Usually it is 45 days. However, um, that may be different. And also, you know, it's 45 days, not from the date when you discovered that communication, but from the date that communication was released by Mac, which may be different. Understood. If it is a letter, it's the date of the letter. It is the date of the letter. Um, there's one significant reminder that I want to provide to all uh, skilled nursing facilities. Please remember that if this review is prepayment review, the longer you take to respond, the longer you're going to hold those claims in prepayment status. So depending on how big the claim is, and if there are sequential claims in the process, you're holding your cash. So the faster you respond, the faster you will release that claim for payment. Um, but at the same time, we're realizing that you need to not rush and have a thorough review of all required documentation so you do not... Um, cut corners and then forget to submit like one critical piece of information that uh, that is required for your claim. Excellent. And that sounds like as though that may be something where you'd want, I call it a second set of eyes, uh, to look at what you're sending to the MAC before it goes back out, just to sort of get some internal verification, a second reviewer, if you will, to uh, affirm that, that that information looks great. So, Nicola, in my past experience in primary care and in ambulatory care, the Medicare targeted probe and educate for ambulatory care, there can be up to three targeted probe and educate cycles if the first round doesn't meet a passing score. So is that the same process for the five claim PE for SNFs, or is that different? It's different. Um, this five claim is actually just one round of selecting five claims, so which is kind of nice in some ways, but it's also, you know, it's more on those five claims that you really got to focus on. Excellent. Thank you. And Olga and Nicola, you produced a great blog for Barry Dunn, which we posted organizationally on June the 30th of this year. And you offered some tips for a sniff to take in order to understand its claims risk level. So I'm wondering if uh, you can share some of those with our listeners. And Olga, perhaps if you'd like to start that discussion. Gladly, Robin. Um so again, I would like to refer our listeners to our one of our previous podcasts that we recorded with Jen Floor, and she is a fabulous expert on electronic medical records, and she is such a great resource to our clients. Uh, so some of the highlights is making sure that 
you understand the intent of that request, that you have a checklist that you need to follow. You make sure that all documents are signed and dated. That is one of the simple but most common mistakes. And if your communications also are partially on paper and partially electronic, which we know a lot of skilled nursing facilities have that kind of hybrid system. You need to make sure to pull all your uh, relevant electronic records and make copies of paper copies that may be in the physical paper chart, um, especially physician signed physician orders. If you don't have a signed physician order, you do not have a claim, you know, as simple as that. And then, Robin, you already mentioned second pair of eyes is always important. There needs to be one person pulling the record according to checklist, verifying all the information, and then another person just taking second look and making sure all the pages are in order and everything in that record is complete. You do not want to provide more information than you are asked to provide. Remember that all medical records are still subject to HIPAA rules and minimum necessary rule applies. You also, very importantly, you need to understand how your MAC needs you to submit that information. If it's electronically through portal, then that's the best way because you can see immediate confirmation that your records are uploaded and are there in the system. And you want to make sure to maybe print a copy of that confirmation so you know it's submitted. Um, and if you're filing paper records, if you're sending um, physical envelope on paper, you need to verify where it is going, if there's specific department um, and then even simple things like whether it's a FedEx or UPS delivery versus regular USPS mail, the address may be different. You do not want to um, risk submitting those records to wrong address. Absolutely. And I know Nicola has some uh, great suggestions on other things you can do. Yeah, thanks, Olga. Um, so the provider-specific comparative data reports are available for all skilled, skilled nursing facilities. CMS has made this available to them. And the program for, for evaluating the payment patterns electronic report, which is also known as PEPPER, um, this provides SNFs specific data statistics for Medicare services that may be at risk for improper Medicare payments. Um, so if you're not familiar with the PEPPER report, uh, we have that a video and a checklist available on our website. Um, and if you also, if you need additional assistance on that, we're happy to help. Um, but also the data on the PEPPER report can be used to support internal auditing test activities, like such as testing claims to ensure all documentation supports the service and medical necessity for when you are being tested or audited by the MAC. Thank you. So as we're wrapping up our conversation today, Olga and Nicola, I'd like to ask if you could offer our listeners your top two, top two takeaways, if you will, for SNFs, either about minimizing the likelihood of denied claims or else incorporating any lessons that they may learn from a five claim 
probe and educate. So Olga, give us your top two. Well, since I'm also a reimbursement consultant and a CPA, I have to talk about money, right? So protecting money from write-offs, making sure you're collecting on your revenues and services provided. I want to re-emphasize that the whole intent of this program is on supporting payment items. It is not to uh, identify if SNF is documenting clinical services correctly. It is specifically, does your documentation support PDPM payment items? So for simple things like you have comorbidities that drive your non-therapy ancillary uh, payment, If you are including risk for malnutrition, you need to provide support for that. Did you have dietitian? uh, Did you have physician assessments related to that? What are you doing for that patient to prevent weight loss? You know, how are you supporting that payment item specifically? So that's my first one. Be aware what your payment drivers on PDPM coding are and make sure a support is provided for every payment item on that PDPM coding. And my number two top recommendation is keep track of your dates. Dates are important. You miss the submission date. You do not have good defense for that. Thank you. Nicola, let's hear your top two recommendations. Well, my first one would be something Olga's previously just spoke about, which is respond to the documentation request within 45 days. That's very important that we do that. Um, and also the second would be to ensure your documentation is accurate and consistent as well as supports them in medical necessity and also the patient diagnosis and MDS assessment coding. So I think those are, you know, some of those important things that we need to make sure we're doing for the skilled nursing facilities. Thanks so much for sharing your insights today, Olga and Nicola. We've reached the conclusion of our discussion about Medicare skilled nursing five claim probe and educate review. And I would encourage our listeners when you're visiting Barry Dunn's website to access this podcast, you may get a PDF copy of the June 5th, 2023 issue of Medicare Learning Network Matters, MLN Matters, which pertains to Medicare's skilled nursing facility probe and educate review, and also a copy of CMS Transmittal 12037, which also focuses on this subject. We'll also provide you with a link to Olga and Nicola's blog article and include a link from CMS, which again lists all of the MAC websites across the country and their secure internet portals and electronic mailing list by state and territory. So on behalf of the healthcare practice group at Barry Dunn, we thank you for listening to this episode of Healthcare Insights Compliance Plus Ethics equals integrity podcast. We welcome our listeners' questions 
and feedback about the ideas we discussed in this episode, as well as your suggestions for topics we should consider for future episodes. Many thanks. Thanks.